You're listening to Bodies, the podcast, a discussion platform for voices of consciousness around issues of consciousness. Hey everybody, it's Roy Gluckman here, and you're listening to Bodies, the podcast. It's episode two today, and in studio we have Eddie Ndopu, who is a disability activist as well as an all-round pretty remarkable human being. And we're going to be talking about access for people with disabilities. Not just access to buildings and spaces, but the idea of access to love, to sex, and to desire. Enjoy. Eddie. Yes, Roy. Thank you. Welcome to Bodies. Thank you for having me here. It's my pleasure, entirely, entirely. So, Eddie, um, this podcast, uh, in a nutshell, is called Bodies. Right. Um, And for me, it's very important to create a platform for voices of consciousness around issues of consciousness. Right. I don't think that there's enough conversation around tough topics. I would agree with you. I don't think that there's enough volume and publicity and reach for voices that have something to say that fights against this kind of normativity that that surrounds us, right? Which right. is very exclusive. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, this is the creation of this podcast and it's called Bodies. Fabulous. And you are my second guest. Yay. So, Eddie, yes. Bodies. Tell me about yours. So... My body is a disabled body. Okay. And my body is also the manifestation of possibility. Okay. And what I mean by that is that I think about how I was diagnosed at the age of two Mm -hmm. with a condition called spinal muscular atrophy. What that means is is basically that the older I get, the weaker I become. Okay. So it's very rare um, for babies to survive SMA. Okay. Usually they they don't make it. You know, after a few weeks, they they okay. they, they die. Fast forward twenty years, hmm. and I'm here. Right. Fuck you, doctors. Right. Exactly. A total fuck you to the doctors and. But I've I've also seen my body over many years um, sort of deteriorate. I've I've I have gotten weaker, and mm. um, I rely on other bodies mm. for the survival of my own. So you you have a caregiver who's I, with you twenty four seven twenty four seven. I've had multiple caregivers mm. over the years. Mm. Um, my 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 body has always been in relationship with other bodies and what is that experience like because i mean it it's obviously a very intimate re- it has to be an intimate relationship it does it you does know. and it's messy mm. uh it's incredibly messy it it can also be very frustrating because i think that when you have a body that relies on other bodies uh gratitude becomes a form of violence wow okay explain uh, that a bit in other words, in exchange for help, I need to constantly show a happy disposition mm. um, to this caregiver, to the or, caregiver, or, to, or, or yeah. to whoever is 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 on the other side that is facilitating mm. um, 
movement of my body through space. Mm. Happiness and gratitude kind of functions as as a kind of currency mm. to keep the other person feeling sure. comfortable and accommodating. So it's always a thank you know thank you so much. Thank sure. you so much. Oh please thank could you, so you please, please so sorry you. so sorry exactly right. exactly right. and I've learned it's very instinctive like thank you comes out a lot right and thank you is is kind of negotiation for further help mm. and are there ever points where you just kind of suck it up and and don't ask for help because you kind of feel like you don't want to drain that other person or be exactly. too needy exactly many many times right mm. so for example think about it this way um it's about energy mm. right um if you've ever been in hospital overnight for whatever particular procedure, mm. you'll know that there are certain um, there are certain nurses where you feel comfortable with. Yes, like they come in and and their energy um, is 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 great. And then there mm. are other times when they don't even have to say anything. You just know this person doesn't want to be here. They're wow. thinking about other things like they want they, they they would rather be somewhere else but not here and and they don't need to say anything you can just feel that mm. energy in the way that they touch you right in the way that their bodies interact with yours so you become immensely perceptive at, at energies and kind of incredibly reading people and incredibly so that i mean i guess that that the ability of yours to read that energy has a bit of a converse and that you can also pick up energy negative energy so you yes you pick up somebody's awkwardness you pick yes. up somebody's possible what disgust i mean yes, i don't know absolutely. i wouldn't i mean that's, i'm sorry it is and that that must also be an immense amount of energy that you have to right. take on. I, so, I, I mean, I think you said it. My, my body is a repository mm. for energy. Yes. Good and bad. Mm. When it's negative, my immediate reaction is to compensate by relying on other things that they might not have, right? So then mm. I rely on my intelligence. I rely mm. on how articulate I am. And then there are other markers as well, right? So the clothes I wear, uh, mm. you know, very deliberate. Sure. Um, I, I can't show up in sweats mm. in a wheelchair because mm. there's a, an association mm. then to charity. Mm. There's an automatic association to deprivation mm -hmm. and disenfranchisement. Sure. I mean, I think for many people who don't share disability, they don't understand yeah. the energy, yes. the strength, yes. the bravery that it takes not yes. to go to a fucking networking event, but to yes. wake up exactly. and go to right. anything. Exactly. You know. And breathing, the act mm. of survival. I mean, I often say this, that in, and it's so true, my existence really is a form of resistance. Totally. Beyond the fact that I've actually defied existence itself and outlived yes. myself yes by two decades mm. um the act of waking up and also facilitated like i so i'm one thing about my i'm never a known mm. i can't be mm. a known um i i don't ever have a known time because mm. my body requires other bodies mm. 
even when I'm sleeping, I need to get turned at night. I don't just roll over. Sure. Uh, like, you know, other people do. I then asked Eddie about his movement and his maneuverability. While detailing what he can and cannot do, he drew really interesting references to movements that able-bodied people take for granted and how these movements are so embedded in our society as to how we communicate that those who aren't able to engage in these movements are automatically excluded. It is this exclusion of those unable to engage in these seemingly banal gestures that led our conversation into an exploration of a rather under-discussed ism in our society and that is ableism. So, I mean, so I feel everything. Okay. And, and I can, so if I'm lying on the bed, I can probably twerk. I can okay. do that, right? <laughs> uh, but I won't be able to hold a glass, for example, okay. or pick up a pen. Okay. Um, and, and so sometimes it's very awkward, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I'm very uh, visible in a lot of spaces. Um, and so people would automatically extend their hand to shake my own. Mm. And I'm not able to do that, I right? I did that when we met at Crawford. Right. And it's kind of the... And, and for me, it, it, it illustrates how able-bodied standards of being and mm. movement define social norms. Right. right? I mean, like a handshake it, is a so... Handshake who is thinks so, twice about exactly. extending a hand? When you meet somebody for the first time, that's what you do. Yeah, when you are you clinching a deal yeah. uh, for business, that's what you do. When, yes. you, when you are at a party and you don't know the people that you're with, you extend your hand. Right. Right? So Something it, which seems so right natural or normal and i use these terms cynically exactly you know all of a sudden and and that normal is 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 defined in relation to a set of arrangements social arrangements to certain bodies able bodies able bodies right Right. so this term ableism Mm -hmm. so i i think that disability is probably one of the most under discussed Yes. Especially in South Africa. So probably right. one of the most under-discussed topics. Right. Um, the idea of ableism and the, an ableist society, mm-hmm. what is that? So, I mean, in, in simple terms, mm. one can say ableism could be the discrimination, discrimination on the basis of disability, mm-hmm. right? But like in the same way that when we talk about heterosexism right or when you talk about sexism it's not just discrimination it's actually about the ways in which on a very structural level society is organized to disadvantage you in 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 very real social economic and political ways the we we literally as a society we we run away from disability at every turn mm. whether that's on the basis of who we are attracted to whether that is extending a handshake mm. right is it, it doesn't say anything about you as an individual it's not so much about you but about the ways that the way that you move through the world that that to be able-bodied is 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 society privileges that that body that that's 
what I what I call that 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 for me is is it ableism is is it's 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 the way that society is organized. It's the air mm. that we breathe. And do you think that ableism is consciously perpetuated, or is there an unconsciousness around disability mm. that people almost walk around unaware right. of the ableism that that we have? Right. So this is why I think ableism is perhaps more insidious than some of the other isms. Mm. Um, I think that, and that's what makes it more traumatizing and more violent, I would say, than any other form of oppression or discrimination is because it is the invisibility of the ism that mm. makes it hard to point out. So it... it and unlike other isms, other isms come into public view, right? And 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 there are discourses around entire discourses around other forms of discrimination and and oppression, right? So we can talk openly, more or less, about white supremacy. We can mm. talk openly, more or less, um, about heteronormativity. Um, but it is very difficult to have a robust, meaningful conversation around ableism. We are still in the process of building a discourse around it. This is interesting for me, and I'll tell you why. It's interesting for me because disability is so obvious. Yes. It's a, phys it's a physicality, right? Right. Where racism, sexism is more invisible in that it's an attitude. Right. So why is it that we there isn't deeper discourse and deeper chat on disability when it is so physical? It's so in my face. You know, mm -hmm. if you can't enter this building, I can say, what is going on here? Why right. don't we have access for right. Eddie in a wheelchair to come into this building? Right. So why is disability still, even though it's so physical and in, you know, I can see it and mm -hmm. experience it. Why is it still not? Why are we not having this chat? So. I mean, this is the interesting thing about it. Um, we all share gender. We all share sexuality. We mm. all share race. But we don't all share disability. Okay. Notwithstanding the fact, though, that disability is also a category that's fluid, that mm. all of us can slip in and out of at any time. Right. Right? But in terms You're including like mental disability, right, exactly. mental health. Mental health, right. like a depression, sure. um, accidents even, right? right. Like they, I mean, you can be disabled today and mm. not be tomorrow, right? right. And, and back and forth. You can keep okay, going yes. in and out of it as a category. But in terms of gender, sexuality, race, we belong to these categories. All everybody belongs to these categories, mm. and and so I I feel we're we're able to talk about them because we are we we are embedded in in them mm. anyway in a very real way. So the fluidity of disability yes means it's, that it's almost like we don't really have to chat about exactly. it because it's not so right stable. So Eddie has a really, really interesting education history. From being told that he'd never go to school to finally going to a remedial school and then far exceeding the expectations, to going all the way through to high school and studying abroad in Canada. I asked him about his experience abroad 
And what came out was probably some of the most fascinating, intimate, and heartbreaking insights ever shared on this podcast. Eddie, tell me about Canada. I was very intent on 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 studying abroad because I wanted to know how other people with disabilities live outside of South Africa. Mm. I just I just wanted to know could life be this sucky? Um and the answer is both yes and no. I mean, I yeah. attained immense independence being able to hop on the subway and mm. go anywhere where I wanted. Mm. That level of independence and agency I'd never experienced before. Mm. But then it also made me realize the fact that we celebrate that mm. is really problematic, right? It's like saying most people with disabilities are at negative 10, but zero is celebrated as an aspiration for our inclusion. Mm. The ability to move from point A to point B. I mean, freedom of movement is such a basic human right. right. But when you bring it into the purview of disability, it is the gold standard. So we don't know. We, we need to imagine our lives as people with disabilities beyond zero. What does that look like? What is, what is beyond zero? Beyond zero for me is when we start to move the conversation from access into a building, mm. right? And think about access to joy and love sure. and self-determination. I want to I chat more about this because it's so important to have this chat. It is. It is. And, and beyond zero. So, so once there are ramps, right? Like mm. once I'm in a space, what next? Mm. Right, I, I can be in a space and still encounter ableism, right? Mm. Like my representation in a space doesn't mean that that space is transformed, that that mm. space is, 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 is decolonized, mm. so to speak, right? Mm. Like the space can accommodate my body, right? My physical body, mm. but in terms of the identities that are inscribed on and through my body, that space can still be very hostile to that. The more access I attain, mm. the more inaccessibility I experience. Hmm. So the idea of access to joy, yeah. the idea of access to desire, what are these things? Or, or where do you, as somebody who is disabled, not feel these things? So once I'm able to get in and once I'm able to have a drink at a club, right? Mm. Mm. And everybody's getting turned. We are lit. We're <laughs> on the dance floor. Yes. You know, and things start getting steamy. People mm. want to start making out. Mm. You're thinking about who you're going to go home with. That's precisely when I'm reminded of my disability, right? right. Because then, like, how fuckable is this body within this very specific space? Wow. Right? Where access to desire becomes really, and pleasure becomes really um, hard. It becomes harder. So I'm, I'm in, I'm now, I'm mm. in the club. We're at zero. We're at zero. We're not going to get to two. I can assure you, we're probably not going to get to two. And that is because your disability is not seen as desirable? Yeah, my disability is not seen as desirable. At, at, and then at that point, 
the microaggressions come in, right? So like maybe you could give me like a peck on the cheek, right? Mm. And maybe like pat my head because mm. it's 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 cute, right? Mm. Like you can be on the dance floor and I'm a dancing. bit drunk. I'm a little bit drunk. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, this is so sweet. It's so good to see you here. Yeah. Oh my God. Exactly. Yeah. Which, Thank you which for we've experienced. Which we've Thank experienced. you for coming so. out, right? <laughs> so that, you know, mm. and then once it moves beyond being cute, right? That's now, where it stops. That's where it stops. That's exactly where it stops. Mm. And that's because attraction, desire, beauty is all really defined in terms of able bodies, right? Kind of what, what mm-hmm. we see in the media as depicted as beautiful are, yes. are able bodies. Being really intrigued by this idea of access to desire and access to attraction and living beyond zero, I had to ask Eddie about his sex life. I once sought the services of a sex worker, Okay. right? And... Uh, I, I I looked at his profile, I, I called him up and, you know, um, we're supposed to meet and, and do the deed, whatever. And, um, you know, as we're talking about each other, um, I, I mentioned that I use a wheelchair. Okay. Completely freaked out. Was like... Prior to the engagement, you... Yeah, you prior, prior to the engagement. And it was just like... I don't even know whether I should charge you for my services. I feel so bad. Like, okay, this is awful. I am so sorry. Okay. Um, you know, and then at that point, I was just kind of like, you know, let's just kind of like forget about this. Let's not even, you know, because it becomes a moment of teaching, right? But not even... It's like if you're hovering at three, you need to go all the way back down to negative 10 because that's where the mindset is at. Like that's where the problematic thinking still sits, notwithstanding all of the work, all of the emotional, physical, spiritual work I've put into my myself, right? So I've done so much work and then it's infuriating to, to encounter someone who has not done any work. And like now I'm, I'm, I'm forced to diminish myself. Mm. Mm. What's so fascinating for me about this idea of access to desire is that we don't actually think about it. Mm-hmm. We don't actually think about like, how far would I go? Or yeah. And and I often say this to my friends, right? And and I, I have lots of friends who are kind of like, yay, 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 access. Let's get Eddie in the building, right? Mm. And they feel really good mm. about that, right? But then when you push further and I ask, okay, would, would you fuck somebody with a disability? Mm. Then it you, you can see like mm. the discomfort and they're just like, okay, I don't know. I, I'm not, the, then that's when people sit my preference, you know, oh, is, yeah. Then is, the preference comes right, up. and then the preference and the type comes up, right? Mm. Um, but I almost feel as though the moment that we're currently in just makes it ten times worse because we live in a, in an era of Tinder and Grinder where yes. it's very visceral. It's all about what you see, mm. right? And right. even seeing, you know 
the experience is 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 very very grounded in ableism right so you make the decision about whether or not you're going to fuck somebody based on purely on the five photos purely that are on, on the five on the one. you swipe on the one right like that is that is what then activates desire and for yes. me that seems really tragic because mm. it's very it it's so reductive and it's kind of boiled down to a, I wouldn't even it's 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 not superficial it's beyond that it boils down to the worst fucking yeah. trait of like of right. our society right, right? Exactly. it really does it boils yeah. down to the absolute worst yeah. and i think you yeah. know i i know the the, the 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 whole idea of tinder is this idea of kind of like making meeting people more accessible for our modern needs when really all it does is kind of exclude a whole bunch of people that we could have the possibility of meeting because we filter by preference, by look, by what we want to see. Right, and it's interesting that the word access is used yeah. in that context, like right. making it accessible. So, have you ever used Tinder or Grinder? I uh, so I downloaded Grinder a mm-hmm. few times. I went on and I was just, I just felt gross, you know. Why did you feel gross? Because Grinder is all about so like I felt gross because you had guys on there, no fats, no femmes, no blacks, right. no Asians, right? And I'm just like, Whoa. was this in Canada? or Was this in South Africa? This is in Canada. Okay. Um, and then I'm just like, well, I'm black, I'm queer, and I'm disabled. Kind of like the antithesis of of of, mm. of just everything on here. So I I didn't. I just felt like, why would I be punishing myself? So maybe some people would say, oh yeah, but that's what Grinder is. You know, it is all about the first world. It's all about how you look and whether da 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 I'm attracted to. But that's. That's too easy, right? It's too easy. That's too easy to it's, say, it's, it's oh, way, it's about what I'm attracted to because right. it's we, way we need to... Because we yeah. know it doesn't operate in isolation. Yes. Grinder doesn't exist in a, in a vacuum. No. Right? That Grinder is informed by a whole entire set of social, cultural, political, economic... Yes. Um, structures. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's not just it, about a fuck. No, your, it's not. Your decision no. to fuck this person is... is, is is determined by so much. And every fuck is political, whether you right. choose to accept that or not. Like it, it, it is deeply, deeply political. So and remember, we're not talking about party politics. We're talking right. about social politics. We're talking about social politics. Yeah. So like Small ma- P politics, personal politics, everyday politics. Mm, mm, mm. So Grindr, did, so when, did you make a profile or did you <gasps> just kind of have a look and you said, nah, I just kind of had me. a look and I'm just like, nah, this is not for me. Um, and, and, Ever since I've just not been it because I know what's expect. Yeah, I really do. It, it's it's not. I'd be really fooling myself into thinking that you know maybe out of like one in like three thousand maybe this you know mm. I I just don't have all of that emotional energy to expend on that. It's just it, it's just it, it's a slow death. So that kind of that experience of looking at Grinder and saying, I don't belong here. Mm. Or, yeah. no, 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 no. That's not the right right term. This place doesn't want me. Yeah. I think is probably more accurate than I yeah. don't belong here. Yeah, this place doesn't want me. This place me. doesn't want me. But then the other question does come up too. Mm. Like the other one, I, I don't belong here, also comes up. Okay. Because then the question for me is like, where do I belong then? Right. Because, I mean, that that's essentially where I was going and that yeah. is, 
it's such a rejection of your humanness, right? It is. It's it's mm-hmm. a rejection of you. Yeah. Um as a black queer disabled individual saying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, you don't really belong here and, and that right. that the, there's a pain in that there's a deep pain in that uh, a very very it's a profound pain and a profound mm. trauma because at that point you know what i'm good for then is is this kind of you know this magical porcelain doll that speaks well that's so mm. smart that defied that's defied the right and so you become the avatar like i'm an avatar essentially and like Mm. i can never remove the mask it's like i i need there is no separation between my my humanity and 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 this kind of you know this super exceptional superhuman kind of like beyond desire beyond like mortal kind of like needs, right? Like I'm mm. just existing as this kind of like I don't need sex, I don't need love, I don't right. need Right. You're just you're an activist. I'm just I'm an activist and yeah. I'm you know, I'm I'm going to Oxford and I yes. am, you know, gonna be an icon and like yes. that is like I who needs who needs like, you know, everyday human like needs like who mm. needs like a warm bed like please come on like you yeah. you're way beyond needs a that or... it, no that 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 is yeah so have you ever had a boyfriend of sorts i've i've, I've kind of but not really I, I don't know if they count really okay. i mean i've maybe because after a while it gets real, right? It's like mm. maybe you might meet somebody who's genuinely curious and they're just kind of like, Well, you seem like a great guy. Let's let's mm. let's let's rodeo. Let's go. Mm. Um you know, but then let's after rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's rodeo. Let's rodeo, let's go. <laughs> okay, boo, let's do this. Let's do it. Um, but then after a few weeks it's kind of like I don't know what happens. I think I think at some point it it's so overwhelming. Mm. Um because because then one has to deal with Eddie when his when the applause is over and the mm. lights go down mm. you know then it's no longer like I, I it's not like I'm not a costume like I, I can't mm. just take myself off and then you're not the icon I'm not the icon no I'm not I'm I'm just I'm just me with mm. all of my bodily pains with all of the needs associated with moving between spaces, the logistics, the mm. stress, the anxiety, the the emotional exhaustion, the emotional exhaustion, mm. and that requires a certain kind of person to be able to cope with both the icon and with the guy that's mm. struggling to even wake up in the morning. Mm. and face another day. Do you dream about this person? I do. I mm. do. A lot. I think about what what would that be like? Like, w- how would we even meet? How would that even happen? Like, how mm. would he be okay undressing me and, like, being comfortable with my body? Like, what would that first experience be like? Like, how mm. how will I not have to hold space for him? And how would mm. he hold space for me? Like, sure. I mean, yeah, I it's, it's you know, but then sometimes it, it the thought, like, thinking about it kind of makes it worse, kind of makes it more painful. 
Um, Why? Because it's such a tall ask? Yeah, it feels like it. Mm. It feels like it. It mm. feels like an impossible ask. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, it, it feels so unattainable and so unfathomable. Like I have a better shot literally at going into space um, than I do like finding a man who's going to really love me and accept me for who I am. The emotion in the studio at this point was tangible. Eddie had been the most brave I'd ever witnessed sharing these really, really intimate, intimate, intimate thoughts, fears, desires, concerns, struggles with me. And I really don't want this vulnerability of Eddie's to be in vain. So I'd like to put a question out to those listening to this podcast. Think about you and your thoughts around attraction and desire toward those who are disabled. Would you fuck a disabled body? Eddie, I really, really want to thank you now for being vulnerable with me here today and, and sharing your story and, and your insights. Yeah. Before you go, um, I want to ask you another tough question, mm-hmm. and that is, what is it like to be told that you only have X amount of years to live? All right. So so before, I think I, I started getting weaker, which I think was a good six years ago, was when I realized, mm-hmm. okay, my my body's doing stuff um because before that i was an avid like i what i wanted to be was an artist a fashion designer and i mm. used to sketch incessantly and i i couldn't see myself doing anything else but when i stopped you know having the ability to draw to physically use my hands i think it was quite devastating and i think then you know when i realized that didn't have long to live and by long to me live I mean like beyond the age of 30 um it was very hard I I felt robbed I guess of the ability to see my life beyond you know um like well into adulthood Mm. and now I'm actually okay with it I I, I, I mm. have learned to define time not in its descriptive sense, but really in its interpretive sense. Mm. Um, that a year, you can live a lifetime in a year. Exactly. And, and that's you your can, plan, isn't and it? And that is my plan. That is definitely my plan. I, I'm, I'm less concerned about three years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, I'm more concerned about how how good are those mm. years? Like how, how can I really maximize it and just be everything, like literally live. 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 Yes. And are you living? I am living. I, I think that I am working on projects that give me goosebumps. Um, Tell me. I... So I I am so excited to go into space. You want to go into space? Mhm. Mhm. And I be the do. first 
disabled man in space? First disabled man, first black queer feminist thinker up in space. That is going to be amazing. And I have this particular vision of sipping Moe Chandon up from space. <laughs> Trying to run after it, catch it, and, not, and, and the idea of not being in my chair because yes. of gravity. Like I, I, I just want to know what my body is going to feel like. To not be pinned down mm. to one place for an extended period of time, mm. and to have the weightlessness, I'm right? Sure. Exactly, right? And and to just float and just kind of be there. And so I'm I'm thinking about the relationship I will have with my body once up in space, and then using that occasion to just tell the world exactly what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking mm. um, and to say whatever the fuck I want mm. so that would be the ultimate dream like I just I mm. think about a quote by Audre Nord mm. she talks about at the time she was dying of cancer and she started writing the cancer journals um, just talking about her experiences as a black lesbian feminist um, and towards the end of the cancer journal she says something along the lines of no matter how long I have left to live I'm going to spend the rest of my days loving all the people I need to love doing as much of the work as I need to do and I'm going to write fire until it comes out of my nose holes. I'm going to go out like a fucking meteor. Mm. And that quote has always stuck with me. And so when I think about what it might mean to go up into space, I think about going out like a fucking meteor. Mm. Um, going out in a complete blaze of glory. Mm. And sort of have that just like reverberate through my bones yes yeah that is going to be amazing <laughs> eddie thank you so much for spending time with me today thank you you know why? when whenever i record these sessions i always end up feeling swollen and like a bit engorged you know my heart you know and i i believe that your life and your existence does challenge people's own lives. You know, it, it asks us to introspect about where we at with all our ableness, you know, and our ability. Um, and Eddie, I just need to say that the, the, the pride that I have in what you're doing is like it, it, it can't really be described, you know. And I think that and I hope that you and I know you will continue to to kind of do this. And, and and I believe that your voice is an immense voice of consciousness, you know. Um, and your life is exemplary. Wow. And you're fucking brave, mm. you know. Your, your braveness is something which, which will live on for centuries. Wow. Because it is amazing. So thank Fuck, you. I want to cry. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. This has been so illuminating and so 
natural and thank you for bringing that out of me and allowing me to just be me 